0: Welcome, everyone, to the Game Ball Podcast. I am your host, Tom Schuster. Joining me tonight are Jenny Aquino and Mark Myers. Tonight, we'll be discussing our games of the year for 2021. Let's get right into it, shall we? Our first category for this uh, this lovely show
1: <laughs>
0: is gaming moment of the year for all of us. Yeah. Um, Mark had a very specific idea when he was coming in, when he came up with this criteria. So, Mark, why don't you lead us off?
1: Yeah, so um, like a couple categories in this, I will probably do more than you guys. So I have two Um, and Jen may have a similar one or it might be from the same game. Um, Oh, and we should say there's going to be spoilers in this podcast.
0: So if you this is game of the year territory, so be aware of any. Yeah, there's going to be spoilers talked about.
1: If you Mm -hmm. if you hear the name of a game, which I will always say before spoiling and you don't want to be spoiled. Just listen to this after you beat the game. So that's the warning. I give everybody five seconds to go away if they don't want any of it. <laughs> go away. So, all right. So my first gaming moment is from Inscription. It is the very end of the game. Sorry for spoiling it for you, Tom, but I don't know if you're actually going to play it.
0: Who, who knows at this point?
1: When you go through, and Jenny will know what, exactly what I mean when I say this, at the end, when the game is being deleted and you're going through the end and you play that final card game with Leshy, that <laughs> moment is hit me away that a card game should not really the moment that he says when it starts deleting things and it deletes the scales and he goes ah, oh, we don't need to keep score let's just keep playing i mm-hmm. was like oh shit like it started cool. like affecting emotionally like it was it was the one moment in that game where i like re- legitimately wanted to reach in and actually shake his hand yeah like it was the way they turn that character around in that game and then ending it like that is amazing. And yeah. We're gonna be talking a lot about inscription, so I'm not gonna stick long with this. But that moment after going through the crazy wild ride that game is was a moment I haven't had in a long time playing a game where there's an emotional moment that I was not that I wasn't expecting to come. You play some games, you expect emotional moments in games I was not expecting it, and that was mine. So Yeah, I don't know if that helps you guys pick your ones or. I mean,
0: I had something specific in mind, too. Yeah. Mine was loading up Halo Infinite and having the music play for the first time. And I feel like 10 years. I mean, Halo 5 was it seems like it was so long ago. But having the game load up this time just really felt like Halo 1 again. You know what I mean? It's like that same feeling I had when the original Halo was released because this has been we've been waiting for this for so long and it just really it really hit me when the when that that the uh the monks started uh started their chants
1: yeah yeah that especially for this game really felt like uh the continuation of three more than what 4 and 5 did
0: yeah i mean 4 and 5 or stuff is mentioned from them but it really it it really seems to cut out a lot of that crap that nobody cared about but uh, it it definitely feels it feels a lot like Halo One. It feels a lot like Halo One and Two, a lot more than Four and Five did. Yeah. So it uh it definitely was a moment. It gave it gave me the all the feels, hmm. as as the kids say. <laughs> Jen, how about you?
2: So I have I have two actual gaming moment of the year. I picked when Mark and I beat It Takes Two just because it came out of nowhere, kind of, and surprised yeah. us both. And we were waiting for weeks to burn this stupid book <laughs> or just complete the game and see, you know, where it took us story-wise. And we finished one section, and then all of a sudden we had a cut scene, and then it was ending, and we're like, oh, oh my God, this is the end. This is great. And it happened to be when they actually... um picked it as game of the year for 2021 so it was yeah. the same exact night probably while it was happening live so yeah. i thought that was pretty cool um to wrap up that game i think we had a lot of fun playing it so it was it was a great moment of the year to complete something that we put so much time into together
1: yeah and um as much fun as we had with it game had its issues you know thinking yeah, so. back on it but sure. um and not to spoil things later on but as good as that game was as much fun as we had playing it that does not make my top 10. <laughs> so you' <laughs> we'll, you'll hear later on why that's not really that big of a deal, but yep um, yeah, the, the game the game's great. Um, mm-hmm. it was I think I think it was more fun us on stream with chat more than yeah. if we were playing not on stream, I don't know if we would have had as much fun. I don't know about that's, you.
2: That's true. I feel like we maybe are were a bit more resilient than we might have been in person. Yeah, it might have been a bit more frustrating than fun. If we weren't on stream, just because stream kept us going.
0: It yeah. definitely feels like a streamer's game. Like it's built yeah. for people that are going to stream it.
2: Yeah. But the puzzles and everything, it, it helps to have an audience. Um, like, and we always ask for no backseating, but you know, when we got stuck, having people help us was good. So um, but yeah, that was my actual gaming moment of the year. And then my really cheesy one I wanted to mention was just overall this past year watching my community grow and the game vault community grow so much over a year is just absolutely incredible to me and all the support that everyone has shown us, especially for extra life. It's just like I could cry thinking about it. So I'm sure we'll thank you guys again at the end of the stream. but thank you for everyone that followed us, supported us, lurked in all our streams, subbed to us, gifted us subs and bits and all that. It's just it's incredible. Um, the support that we've seen, and I've seen on my channel as well. So, you guys are part of my gaming moment of the year. All you listeners as well. So, thanks.
0: Yeah, I can't, I can't uh, express enough how much it means to us that we that we that we had such growth this year. And with you know, with how crappy the world is, it's nice to see people coming together and uh, yeah, and just just being nice to each other and 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 helping out a, a great cause like the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. So
1: yeah. Yeah, Tom, do you have a, another one before I, I go on time? I
0: don't, so you can go ahead. Okay.
1: So my second one is from um, more of a in-game like mechanic moment sort of thing. Um, it's from Death uh, Deathloop, and it was the moment when I was sitting there like looking at the screen when you're between missions, and the light bulb went off in my head, and I instantly knew the route to win, the- to beat the game. And it was just like, oh shit, this goes here, that goes here, they'll be here. And then the four of them will be in this place, and I got to go down. Just that light bulb moment of those 12 hours of the time loop going through and getting those powers and, you know, repeating all of those uh, times. And then just having that light bulb moment of seeing the path to end the game and then um, eventually executing it on my second try um, through it. Uh, First try, I got killed getting to the last person I had to kill. Um, So um, I was so nervous um, through that last kill. Like After I killed the last visionary and was on my way to the end point of the game. um, And I'm like, don't die, don't die, don't die, don't (laughs) die. The entire time I was running. Um, That whole moment, because that all happened in one session. Like When I figured out how to do it and then executed it. And it was just one of those moments in a game where it all it all clicks and it was a reason why it was uh, you know is near the top of my game of the year um, just for that moment alone
2: yeah um,
1: must,
0: must have been nice to have that moment
2: <laughs> yeah I was gonna say so gratifying I'm sure yeah
1: yeah it was it was like up until that point I couldn't figure out the end like how to get the last like half of them. Because um, the first three are pretty simple. Once you go through it a few times, um, and you complete some of their missions. You're like, okay, I see where I'm going to kill these three. Um, and you know where you're going to kill the one because he's only in one spot. <laughs> um, and then it's just piecing the rest together. But yeah, that was, that was a really good moment um, for me. And it would have been the only moment of the year until I gave in to play Inscription after how excited Jen was about it. Even though I was spoiled on the twists and turns in it, um, but yeah, definitely, at least to me, great game.
0: Yeah, that's 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 awesome. I'm glad I'm glad you had that moment <laughs> because we all know I didn't. Anyway,
2: yeah. <laughs> i was waiting for that.
0: <laughs> let's move on to our favorite game we played this year. So the this category is our favorite game that we played that did not come out this year. So it could be anything. It could be a retro game. It could be a game that came out two years ago. It could be a game that came out 20 years ago. So uh, I'm interested to hear what you guys have to say. Yeah. Uh, Jen, why don't you start this one off? I, I have I have two because I can't make a decision this year on anything. So I have two. So I, I'm interested to hear what you guys have.
2: Okay. So I only picked one for this, but I could throw in an honorable mention when it gets back to me. Um, none of you are going to be surprised by this, but I absolutely could not. Men- not mention this game. Um, my favorite game played this year was Phasmophobia. Um
0: big big it, surprise there.
2: Not as yeah, <laughs> not <laughs> a surprise to anyone, I'm sure. But you can't deny that whenever you tuned into one of my streams, I was probably playing Phasma, which means I kind of like it. Um, it was the best game hands down that I played this year. Um, one of my favorite reasons for continuing to play this game endlessly is that it's constantly evolving into a better game with every update. And I pretty much mention new changes almost every podcast, I feel like. It's just it's grown increasingly more scary and challenging. So it hasn't gotten stale for me, which I really appreciate. Um, And it's just so apparent that the dev puts in so much hard work into this game. And this is like his baby. Um, There's actually more amazing changes coming up. Um, If anyone's interested, they actually have an official Phasmo Trello page. Or you could read up on all the stuff. Uh, They're coming up with new avatars, in-game skin purchases, which I'll definitely be getting, new ghost hunting items, new ghost models. And they're actually resetting everyone's levels because they are working with an experience-based leveling system now instead of just um, leveling up with every game completed. So I think that's really great. That might mean they're coming out of early release soon because that's a really big change. Um, But yeah, overall, I would say... If you have not given Phasma a try and you like horror games, I would highly recommend you try it. It's best to play with friends, in my opinion. So if anyone out there listening has wanted to play and doesn't really want to play alone, you are more than welcome to join me (laughs) anytime. You can message me on our Game Vault Discord or on our Twitter account or on Twitch. I'm always happy to play with anyone and my friends that I play with are as well. But um, yeah, Phasma was... I, I think I have... 800 hours in phasmo this year (laughs) yeah so
0: that's impressive
2: i kind of like it
0: yeah i see that mark Mm -hmm. how about you what was your favorite game of the year so
1: i have to thank tom for introducing me to a thing that allowed me to play my favorite old game of this year um tom introduced me to the uh completely totally legal ps3 that i was able to play with um and I played 80 hours of NCAA 14 um, in the last five months, um, and remembered how much I love those games. Um, just for stupid shit, um, I took a couple photos that I need to send Tom if I didn't already. I forget if I did. I created a quarterback and like gave him really high stats and all that, and he legitimately became the greatest football player to ever step foot on the field. Um, and with ridiculous numbers that no human would ever be able to do. Um, but it was real fun doing that with a, you know, I picked a really small school, um, that was only one star and I put him on, uh, I picked Tulane uh, down in new Orleans. Um, and you know, went through that. And by the time, by how good he was, um, this is for your sports fans out there. For those of you who don't watch sports, I'll be done in a little bit. Um, he uh, he won four consecutive Heisman's, um, and by the time his career was over, he shot Tulane up to a four-star school, um, just basically on his own. Tulane's like uh, a
0: two-star school or one-star school. Yeah, right? yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: We won one national championship, a whole bunch of conference titles. I say we as though it's a real football team. Um,
0: you're on. You're on the team. I'm on so the sure. Team.
1: Well, theory, I it, the the creative quarterback was named me, uh, but that's not here nor there. Um, yeah, I got really, really back into it hard. Um, and I downloaded the other, you know, last college basketball game, but that wasn't as good as I remembered. It's also four years older than the football game. Um, so, or maybe it just didn't look good on the PS3 compared to the 360, which is what I had it for. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun getting back into that. Um, I have on Saturdays, I'd have it on my computer screen. And then I have my other three screens with real college football games on. And when I wasn't doing anything on Saturdays, that's what I was doing. So um, I had to thank Tom for introducing me to that emulator. I had way, way too much fun. Um, and now I am continuing on with the dynasty I made, um, and still at Tulane. Uh, but yeah, it's, I can't wait for them to bring back the college football game. Just because playing through this game again for the sports fans out there, um, this was back in the BCS era, so only two teams get to the national championship, and just seeing how much more fun it would be if the playoff was involved um, in there, um, you know. But yeah, so that was my favorite old game of the year. Um, you know, I there's always a understood I never have to mention it that the. Uh, was it a, a or a Mentis or whatever? Um, you know, uh, is, is linked to the past. Obviously that game always top, but I have to give it to other games every so often. Yeah.
0: I mean, we could give, I could give it to final fantasy seven every year. too. But <laughs> we're <not gonna> do <laughs> yeah. That. Uh, so I have, so I have two, but one's a retro game and one's not retro. So I guess it kind of works out. Um, I'm just going to do go through both of them real quick. Uh my the retro game my game of the year was Chrono Trigger. I nice. wish I would have been into RPGs in the early 90s cuz my god this game hits all of the all of the buttons that that I would have I would have enjoyed back then. And the the music is great, it looks great. You know, it's just it's just sad that I haven't I didn't play it until 2021 and I can't wait to get back into it and hopefully I will get back into it sooner than later, because uh, I got lots of stuff to play. Uh, and my other other choice was Spider-Man Miles Morales, because uh, making Miles Morales the main character uh, definitely opened up that, that game a lot, so you have a lot more stuff to do, and it also looked incredible on the PS5. It was the first, P- first PS5 game that I, I loaded up, and it was worth the wait for that, too. So... If you haven't played either of those, I highly recommend you go do that. Uh, you can't really go wrong with either one. Uh, if you if you like RPGs and you haven't played Chrono Trigger, my God, man or woman or they or them, you got to go do it. It's yeah. it. I think Mark backed back me up here. There's there's really no reason to, to not play it.
1: Yeah, I haven't I haven't played it all the way through, but I played a good chunk of it through um, when I first discovered uh, Final Fantasy Six. Uh, um, because I was like, Oh, if this is the other game I've always heard about, um, let me go play that. If this one became my favorite Final Fantasy, this game's gotta be awesome as well. And then I played it through and then, you know, eventually newer games came out and I never went back and finished it. So I'm excited to keep going with you. Um but yeah, I, I understand agree. It those old SN uh, you know, SNES or SNES or however you want to say it, um, RPGs, um just don't age. You
0: know yeah, they're kinda of timeless. because, especially since the the art styles come back. Yeah. Especially with games like Octopath Traveler and things like that. You
1: uh, mean H D two D games.
0: Yeah, I mean <laughs>
1: we
0: we may also see it with Final Fantasy Six, but yeah. you really can't go wrong, I think, playing going back and playing these games. And there are
1: no
0: Chrono Trigger's available on everything at this point.
1: Yeah, I would if you we don't advocate this, <laughs> but Please either find the play it on if it's on Switch Online or anything um, or download it um, off the internet and play it on an emulator because playing any of the other ports are all the phone version and it's not as good. Yeah. So. If,
0: if you're gonna if you're gonna play it emulated, I'd yeah. recommend and if you have the ability to, I'd recommend the DS port because that's yeah. like the definitive edition.
1: Yeah, don't um, get the ones that came out for like play like Steam or PlayStation, whatever. You know, yeah. you know all those games are the PC phone ports, and they're not as good. Don't play the PS One port because that has cutscenes and really bad loading. The
0: loading um, kills that game. Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. So you know, be check reviews and read around um, before you decide on a version to play.
0: Yep, yep. But again, if you haven't played it. Highly recommend it. Jen?
2: So my honorable mention would go to a little game called Minecraft. Um, And it's a little embarrassing for me to admit this, but I have been so over-the-top obsessed with this game over the last month or two um, that it's easily one of the first things that I'll think of playing when I have a little bit of downtime and I'm not on stream, which doesn't happen often. Um, But I just, I, I played it on and off for, I don't know, 10 years maybe or Eight years, however long it's been out for, and I always forget. Every time I boot it up after being gone for so long, I forget how obsessed I am with building things and creating things and terraforming. And I don't know, I'm I'm a nut, I really am. <laughs> but I'm having so much fun. I'm in my streamer friend Death Comes and Licklizard there Minecraft server, and I've I'm obsessed with building Nether portals to see where they lead. And random houses on top of weird shit, like mountains, um, just floating in the sky. I just adopted a whole village of people, <laughs> so I'm teaching them how to be competent, basically. Um, did you, yeah, did you I,
1: mention that you're raising chickens underground or something?
2: I am raising chickens underground. Maiden tells me it's inhumane, which it probably <laughs> is, but they have a glass ceiling to see the sun. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm getting into using... So there's actual mechanics to the game and physics where you can build functioning kind of machines is a way to put it so there's this substance called redstone so if you it kind of is like a conductor for the energy of certain red, parts red that you're building. makes
0: everything everything work yes, right
2: exactly yeah. so i'm using redstone and other parts to build things and right now i have the um. this actually has nothing to do with redstone it's a hopper system built underneath my chicken coop so as the chickens drop eggs, it gets sucked into this machine and down into a chest for me, so I don't have to like walk around and pick up eggs before they disappear.
0: Man, you're so. really into this, huh?
2: Yes. <laughs> I also made a functioning fireplace that turns on with the switch. Those were that's redstone and um, uh, dispensers and all kinds of stuff. Have, but have it's st- it's fun. Have you started building a minecart track yet? Oh yes. There's okay. a mine cart, so I can't take full credit for this, but I helped build part of it. So when I established where I was going to live, my main area of residence, um, I helped continue the track past my house. And then it was mainly death and a couple other people from the server who built most of it. But we have redstone for that so it can propel you forward. It's like the only way besides nether portals. I'm really geeking out right now, and I'm sorry. It's the only way aside from nether portals to get to where you want to go quickly um that and apparently you could put a boat on ice and it goes even faster there's all these weird little glitches not glitches but like hacks i guess to the game life hacks for minecraft um that i'm learning about And that's another reason why i like it there's just so much that you could do with the game so you can literally play however you want um so yeah that's that's my close second for uh the best game i've played <laughs> this year one of the you know most played out games that anyone's ever heard about at this point, but I still love it.
0: What's the big one? Let's just go right into it.
2: Oh, my big one was phasmo that okay. I started out with the big, all oh, right. And this was my honorable mention. Okay.
0: Yeah. I'm sorry. It's been a long week. Oh, no, it's
2: okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's all all right. Mark, did you have any, anything else to add?
2: Yeah, that was just the big one.
1: Okay. I've been playing Mark, too you many games. About,
2: you forgot about saying phasmo. What happened?
1: Oh, uh, well, it's a, it, this was favorite games, old games yeah. that I played. Yeah, like, that's right. That's, I know. Oh, Jen, you're right. I completely forgot. Dead by Daylight. I <laughs> really like that was a really good game I forgot to mention.
2: <laughs> they played. Uh huh. Bringing my ex into this, I see. <laughs> I need to make a TikTok video. I'll be right back. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> All right. Let's move on to Retro Roulette Game of the Year. Now, I went back through and looked. I we played a shitload of games this year, played obviously. A
1: lot of good games.
0: Well, yeah. Obviously, it's like twenty six, right? I would, I, I yeah. think so. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff, and there was something for everybody. And I, I couldn't decide on one, so I, again, I picked two. One, one is kind of a safe choice. One is a weird choice, so I feel okay in saying that. My safe choice was Final Fantasy IX, um, merely because it was it was all the things I said about Chrono Trigger and then a little bit more because it's Final Fantasy and I love Final Fantasy. Um, The story I think is a bit better in Final Fantasy IX, but don't, don't at me. Um, But yeah, I, I, the art style is incredible in that game. Uh, There's not really much else you can say about it. It's, it's all the things you want in a Final Fantasy. If you enjoy the medieval setting, if you don't enjoy the medieval setting, it might not be, but I I think I still think I still hold hold by that, that it's uh, it's one of the best Final Fantasies. Uh, Mark, how about you?
1: Yeah. So we played a lot of games I really like and were classic games for me. So um, I'll have some more to mention next time we go around the round robin here. But I'll mention I'll just say the one game we played that I had never played before, um, had heard a lot about, is one we probably won't talk about on this podcast, but it's our most recent retro roulette and Vagrant Story. Um, from what I played of it, really liked it. Um, you know, uh, it getting um, it it came in a close second to games that I had never played before to, obviously, Kingdom Hearts. Um, but I was really surprised by... I liked, once I learned the chain attack system and the blocking, um, I was like, all right, I would have dumped a ton of hours into this game when I was younger. Um just learning and getting overpowered with this stuff. Um, So I'll mention that game first, since it was one that uh, I had never played before. Okay.
0: Jan, how about you?
2: So I'll go with my honorable mention first. Um, My honorable mention was Final Fantasy IX.
0: Hey, look at that. And that
2: was almost gonna be my retro like game of the year, but something topped it for me. So I figured I'd have to mention it, Um, but I, I really loved it. It just felt, I played through a decent amount of Final Fantasy games, not beaten them, but I played through a good amount of different ones. And I feel like this one felt different. Um, it was very unique. Again, the the art style is wonderful. The music is amazing. It was just really cute and fun. It was more fun than I remember having. Not not that the other games weren't fun, but I, I felt an extra, an extra bit of fun playing this game. Enough, enough so much that. I am considering still playing it potentially um, either on YouTube as a Let's Play or, you know, trying it out on stream live. At some point, I know we've been kind of teasing that on this podcast, you know, whenever the weather gets colder and our schedules open up more. So if that is a possibility, this could be one of those games that I play. That's how much I enjoyed playing it. This was um, something I didn't expect to like as much as I did also. Like I knew I'd like it because it's Final Fantasy, but it just it caught me off guard with how much fun I had with it. I was like, "Oh, this is a good one." So something, I had to mention
0: something. I feel that makes it that much better is it's kind of in on the joke.
2: Yeah, that's true. Like it,
0: it doesn't. It doesn't treat the player like an idiot. Yeah, it's it's nice. It's re- refreshing for that to happen. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Mark, did you have another retro-like game, or should I just go? Yeah,
1: so I'll just keep okay. the train rolling. Not in not with this specific game, but my second most played Final Fantasy game. Um that may be my second favorite, but not the second best one I've ever played. Um, but Final Fantasy Ten. Um I have purchased that game on four different systems, um and including PC. And and I I've beaten it the most out of any Final Fantasy game. Um Mark,
0: Mark, what else did you purchase that was Final Fantasy Ten related this year?
1: uh, oh the album. I got the I got the original soundtrack. That's right. (laughs) Thanks for reminding me, Tom. Um yeah, and that having that album just reminds me of how much I loved the music in that game. And it, probably because hours played, it's probably my most played Final Fantasy. So I've heard that music more than any others. Um, it's probably the same way you feel about Seven in terms of that, Tom. Um, but it's got the really good, like, butt rock song when you fight uh, your dad. Um, spoilers, sorry. Um, game's been out for twenty years. Um, Fair, <laughs> and uh, uh, you'll forget by the time you get to it, Tom. If you are going to play through it, I am sure. <laughs> uh, and it's it's just perfect. I I have a weird love for Blitzball, despite it being completely incomprehensible most of the time, <laughs> um, and completely re- like get dependent on RNG too much. Um, I agree with that statement. Yeah. And because uh, I played through an entire season on there because you can play seasons because that's the only way to get the fourth limit break for Waka. Um, so to get that. Uh, so I played a, way more Blitzball than probably most. But yeah, that game. I love playing that game. I will. It's kind of like I, I keep bringing this back to you, with you, Tom. It's like you with Final Fantasy seven. I may put it on and play the first get to Luca right before Blitzball. You know, and just all right, I'm good. You know, yeah, you
0: get to the point. They get to the point where you've you've had your fill, and you don't have to play anymore. Yeah. It gives you that that little that little and, that burst of energy.
1: Yeah, and got to none of the frustrating parts that happened later on with the 20, 30 minute boss fights. Um, which watching speedrunners, it's funny seeing them beat one of the bosses like in one round by doing something like oh. Why were they so stupid to combine those two things to actually work on a boss? Um, and it's just fun. It's a uh, Final
0: Fantasy game. There's always a cheese to a boss. <laughs> always. That
1: you would think they would have figured out.
0: You would think, but hey. Yeah.
1: So just for 20-year-old game, like I mentioned, I'm not going to mention the boss. But essentially, one of the bosses, I think this is in 6 as well. Um, one of the bosses, you can cast zombie on it. And then hit it with uh, full life or whatever the highest life recovery spell is, and kill yeah. it in one hit. Wow! Yeah,
0: I I want to say this happens in most Final Fantasies. There's a <laughs> there's a boss in Final Fantasy Seven where you throw an X potion on it and it kills it. Yeah. So there's yeah, and it, it, this is
1: like almost an end game boss. Geez, so <laughs> that's insane. Yeah, I spent forty five minutes beating this boss the regular way. I watch a speed run and go, oh yeah, you just cast, you get zombie on one of your weapons, you hit it with a weapon, and the next guy throws this potion, you're done.
0: uh yeah gotta love it gotta love final fantasy cheese anyway so i my second choice was the weird one the one that i didn't expect to like as much as i did and that was the misadventures of tron Bon. so if you have no idea what that is we did a, a retro roulette on it way back in like the middle of the year and i believe there's a youtube video of me playing it but it's basically a spin-off of the Mega Man Legends series. You're playing as the one of the bad guys, which I always thought was an interesting take. And it's kind of like a puzzle game, mech game. It's it's got a whole bunch of weird things. It's like base building and all kinds of weird stuff thrown into it. And it's got this cutesy art style and funny voice acting, and it uh, it was way more involved than I thought it was gonna be, but at the same time, kept me interested more than more than any other, uh, retro light game. I feel like besides, mm-hmm. besides the RPGs that is. That was and, a very um, good game. Yeah. I, I just enjoyed the hell out of it and I can see why it's like $300 to try to buy, <laughs> buy a copy of it now. Um, but if, again, if you want to play this, it's on PSN. So if you have a PS3 or a PSP or a Vita or any of those things, go download it on there. Jen, do you have your other Retro game?
2: Yep. So the first one was an honorable mention. This one was my Retro game of the year and uh, just ousted Final Fantasy IX. And that was Kingdom Hearts. Um, this game was is near and dear to my heart for nostalgia reasons, but also because it's absolutely epic, in my opinion. Um, I gave it a five out of five when we reviewed it a few weeks ago um everything about it is perfect if you want to hear more reasons behind why i think it is you can listen to that episode but the story is amazing the animation style the graphics i think look great for when it came out um still look good It's yeah it's incredible to me it's an all-around amazing game but the camera angles really bug you enough you can always play the more recent versions um where they you know fix it but overall just absolutely incredible game incredible gaming series but this was my by far my favorite retro let that we've played this year
0: awesome perfect pick mm-hmm. i i i didn't want to meme it and and give it to kingdom hearts myself
2: like, <laughs> i took care of that for you <laughs> thank you <laughs> you're welcome
0: but i think that's that's pretty good list of games of the year the, they're all yeah, excellent
2: they if
0: if there's a game on there that you haven't played yet go pick it up and if you have played it let us know what you think we always like hearing from you guys on Twitter. All right. It's time for the big one. Time for game of the year. Uh, now, Mark has about... He's the only one who's actually played new games this year. Uh, <laughs> I, like think, I think Jen and I have played like eight combined with yeah. a, between the two of us. So, yeah,
2: like actually log time in. That's probably accurate.
0: <laughs> yeah. So Mark's going to lead us off. Yeah. And then... We'll do top threes, I guess. Yeah. I have to, sure. I have a top three and an honorable mention, but yeah, we can, so. Mark, you can, you can ramble through okay. your top 20 until you get to the top three. It, it
1: is actually 20 because I forgot a game. Oh, to damn. Oh, it.
0: my God. I was <laughs> kidding.
1: Um, so the, I will say um, 10 through 20, well, I'll say 10 through 15 are not in any order. The bottom 15 are, are, are in order. Um, not in order, but like they are definitely bottom five games so let me start with an honorable mention because i didn't want to do a dlc um so uh intermission um would have been high on the list um for me but i played so many other new games i didn't need to use it as one of the games um but it would have been high if 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 i did include it i really enjoyed i really enjoyed playing that game um probably final fantasy 7 remake is the one that uh, spoiler alert is the one that competes for Final Fantasy X for my second favorite Final Fantasy of all time. Um, and at times, you know, there's times where I I consider maybe making remake Jump uh, Six, um, which is saying a lot if you know me. Um, so intermission, great game. They did a really good job with Yuffie, and the end of that game is so heartbreaking, um, and that is played perfectly. Um, and then you get the after credits Marvel like thing, which made me like stand up out of my chair, um, when they did that. So that's my honorable mention. So in order, um, from the bottom, uh, uh, bottom game is Biomutant. Didn't play enough of it, bounced off of it. That's the only reason it is below 12 minutes. Fuck that game. Um, <laughs> yeah, another game that I didn't play much of, and I didn't know really where to put it. Um, even though I did enjoy it, is Poppy Playtime, um, then Bloodshore, um, Humankind, which is a 4x like Civilization type game, um, Back for Blood, um, then Age Empires 4, which I didn't play enough of to justify it being in the top, um, and then uh, where I'll start getting slightly controversial, um, Halo Infinite, uh, because I didn't play the campaign, just multiplayer, and I didn't play enough of it, and um, I had to put it there because the one right above it is Vanguard because I played a shitload of that multiplayer, played it a lot more. They're basically tied. Um, And I think that gets me to my top 10 looking there. Um, There may be a game I forgot that I played um, or a game that I didn't think came out in 2021. I was depending on on backloggery um, to like, let me know 2021. Um, And also I played most of the sports games that come out, but they don't count. Um, So top 10. Um, and these are in order. Um, number 10 is Boyfriend Dungeon. Um, I like the, uh, roguelike aspect of it, um, and, and stuff like that. Um, uh, to 5 had a lot of fun playing that game and, uh, destroying Tom's record for, um, stunt, like, drifting thing, um, which he probably beat me by at this point. Um, Death's Door comes in at 8. Um, enjoyed it a lot, but there were better games I played. Um, unpacking. Jen, I think you would really enjoy this game. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's very calming. Um, and just basically you're unpacking throughout a girl's life. Um, okay. And she moves from house to house. Um, so it's very good music. Great. Um, Wildermyth, which is the D&D-like uh, procedurally generated game, um, which is a really cool concept. Um, but I didn't play enough of it um, to really have a full opinion on it. Um and then we get into the uh, top five here, um, with number five being Hitman 3. And yes, Hitman 3 came out this year.
0: I still can't believe that.
1: And uh, number four is uh, Life is Strange True Colors. Um, okay. I really love that game. Uh, it's probably my... F- it's I like it more than the original Life is Strange, um, because it, it improves on all of those... Um, the concepts and storytelling that that game did put it in a non-high school um, environment. And so I connected to it a little bit more. Um, and Alex Chen might be the best protagonist they've had in that game. Um, uh, there's other crazy stuff in the last 20% of it um, that falls off. But um, I highly recommend it if you like those uh, type of games. Um, so I'll let you guys do talking because I have three more games left. Okay. Uh,
0: Jen, did you have any honorable mentions or anything
2: yeah so i have my game of the year i can do a two three and then an honorable mention as well like you had well, said tom
0: yeah i'm starting with the i'm going to start with the honorable mentions so if you want to start okay. with that go ahead
2: sure so my honorable mention is a little game called devour um this game really surprised me i remember when i first saw the cover image for this game and this is a really crappy way to judge a game but also i feel like everyone does it this game looked really rough, in my opinion. Like the graphics made me think it, this was a really ugly game and really dumb. But I think I didn't judge it by that because playing it, I absolutely love it. Um, it's a horror game, if you couldn't tell by the name. Um, it's extremely difficult. It's nearly impossible to play solo. Um, and it's super scary and intense at times. It takes a lot of teamwork. I, I think I've explained it in the past where it's kind of like if Dead by Daylight and Phasmo had a baby, sort of this would kind of fit somewhere in there um you don't play as the demon woman possessed woman that's trying to kill you but um it's just it's a game that i'd like to play more i think on stream going forward because it's just a lot of fun um it's definitely not for everybody uh i am a vegetarian if people listening did not hear so there's a part where you have to sacrifice baby goats they're demon goats so that's what i try to tell myself That's not That's my least favorite part of the game, actually.
0: Makes you feel Um, a little better.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I keep telling myself they're demons, they're demons, they're demons. (laughs) But um, it's unfortunate that they're, you know, baby goats because they're really cute. But, um, you know, there's a lot of like flashing lights. And, you know, for someone that like Tom, who does not like horror, I would absolutely say do not play this game. Um, But if you really. Yeah. If you really like the jump scare kind of horror games um, and the really intense, you know scary kind of horror games this would be hopefully i would say up your alley um but yeah like i said this game really surprised me this year and it came out um in january of this year so that was my honorable mention for game of the year nice yeah
0: my honorable mention for game of the year is cruising blast for the switch oh yes mark did you play cruising blast i did not
1: play cruising Blast.
0: well here's your recommendation right now (laughs) <laughs> I'm sure it's on sale. It's gotta be. They're doing eShop sales right now. So okay. yeah, there's,
1: there's two games I'm looking for the buy on sale. So,
0: so. cruising blast. If you enjoy the cruising series and like the absurdity of it, this is more of the same. I okay. want to say this was a, a port of an arcade game that they put out a while ago, but, uh, it, if you like the cruising series at all, this is just more of more of the same, uh, and more, I should say, uh, it's it's goofy, it's fast, it's it's just a lot of fun. There's drifting, there's takeouts, like burnout style takedowns for opponents. You can wheelie and flip over cars and stuff. It's just it's just a lot of fun. There's a lot of stuff going on on the screen at all times. And it just it's it's one of those games where you can pick up for like 15-20 minutes and be good or you can pick it up and play for 2 hours and still be good. So I I highly recommend cruising blast if you haven't played it that's my honorable mention all right mark top three
1: okay are, are you guys doing three as well because yeah, I, I have yeah.
0: top three yes okay yeah.
1: so I'm going to actually have a Jen start the top three I forgot to mention a game oh. um, in there but um, the funny part is we had talked about it earlier in the podcast um so I forgot to mention it takes two um, on my list it would have been in not in the top ten so Um, It would have been around the Call of Duty Vanguard thing. But I'll talk a little bit about it here. We'll say honorable mention quote-unquote for me. Um, Yeah, I really like the the co-op aspect of that game. Um, It's probably the best of that that I've played in a while. Like It didn't feel forced. It felt very much like um, a game that you could play with just about anyone. Um, Not any skill level. You have to have some kind of skill. Um, Because there's a lot of double hitting buttons and timing and all that. But like, I feel like I could play that with my nieces, you know, and not be as frustrated as I was trying to play co-op. Um, the Sackboy game, little big planet. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my, uh, I'll leave that one. Cause I, I knew people would mention it because I had said it earlier and then did not bringing up it on my list. Um, but yeah, it takes two. I, I recommend if you have someone to play it with, um, that you really like um, playing co-op games with, it's worth picking up. Um, only one of you has to buy it, because there's a friend's pass um, that you can play it for free. Um, that's
0: To me, that's the coolest part about it, is that you don't actually have to own the game if if your friend owns it, then you can yeah. play it with them.
1: Yeah, but uh, luckily on our end, I think me and Jen both bought the game, so when my save crashed and got deleted, mm-hmm. um, we didn't have to start from the beginning. Yes, that was brilliant. We would not have beaten it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, so yeah. So uh, I'll mention that and then I'll let you guys start off the number three. All right. Jen, go ahead.
2: Okay. So I was going back and forth between two games that I wanted to list as my number three because neither of them I've beaten, but I love both of them pretty much the same. So I'm going to go with Resident Evil Village for my number three. Mm -hmm. It just beat out Metroid Dread. Sorry, Kurt. I know. <laughs> You're probably sad. But Resident Evil Village is so iconic to me because of the one and only Lady D. Um, she was my Halloween costume this year, if anyone didn't know. She, the, the game in general is really great. It has the classic Resident Evil vibe to it. Um, obviously, it has the yellow tape and, and just the herbs and the merchant. It's not the actual merchant, but um, you know, the, all the elements that you love about Resident Evil... And then there's new stuff. You have Lady D, you have her daughters, you have all of the other big bad guys that you go up against. It's, it's intense. Um, you still have the puzzle aspects to it, like trying to figure out where to go while you're being chased and trying to navigate through this really tiny town, the village, um, without being murdered. So it's just, it's a lot of fun. I feel like the difficulty the difficulty isn't so astronomical that it's not fun and when you die i don't mind you know going through it again and again and again because eventually you get it um but it's just a really well done game um it looks great it plays it plays well if you mess around with the settings and you're trying to stream it at the same time but if you're not trying to stream it in my opinion it plays great um it's just all around a really fun game and i think i would say if you're a fan of resident evil i would definitely recommend if you haven't played village i would pick it up and play it it's it's awesome, and I will be j- beating it eventually. I stopped playing it on stream, um, but from the, as much as I've played, it was enough to make it in my top three. That's how much fun I, I had with it. I,
1: I was I was going to ask, like, yeah. how, how far did you get? Did you get through the second place?
2: I'm in. I am currently in the second place now.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let me know when you're gonna play that. I'll drive on over. I want to okay. see you go through that second place. <laughs> i'm excited
2: Uh, it's so good
1: yeah so and also the ridiculousness at the end of that game i need to talk to you about when you get there i didn't play it i watched a couple let's plays of it because i knew i wasn't going to have the chance to play it Mm -hmm. um uh during the time of year it came out um and you know yeah i'm excited for you when you get through it sweet
0: all right my number three is halo infinite Nice. I know the game just nice. came out, and some people may yeah. be upset that I put it at number three. But I've only played about four or five games this year, so pe- people may gonna, be upset that it's not gonna, higher. But it's on the damn list, so so there.
1: I was going to say, Tom, I put it at eleven or twelve, so <laughs> um, <laughs> the, like, the hate like, will flow to me. <laughs> yeah.
0: like I like I said earlier in the podcast, uh, this game feels a lot more like Halo One and Two did. Uh, it does something really cool. Once you get out of the first level, it does kind of a linear open world style of a game. And I thought that was really interesting take on Halo, because Halo generally is levels. It's you beat this level, then you go to the next level. You beat this level, you go to the next level. But this kind of gives you stuff to do in between. Um, so... It it makes it a lot more interesting in that you can there's other stuff you can do in between doing the missions and I really like that. I feel like it really adds a lot to the uh the the total part of the game. Um again the music is still amazing. I'm really glad that they they, they delayed it because it wouldn't be as good as it is now if they left it the way it was. It would have been not not even close to the same type of game, I feel like. Granted, there are still lots of problems. (laughs) Like, I I play it on Game Pass, and every once in a while, I'll go to play it, and it'll tell me, oh, you need to purchase this. And I go, no, I don't. I have freaking Game Pass Ultimate. I should be able to play it whenever I want. And every once in a while, you run into an an issue and a crash. A crash on a console is something I've never had before, but for some reason, this game likes to do it every once in a while.
1: Yeah, PS5 games do that, too
0: which is why it's not higher up on my list because mm-hmm. it's still got some problems, even though it's really good at the, at this point I've, I have totally ruined my, I promise I'm going to play death loop thing because I've been playing Halo and yeah. I've been enjoying Halo so much more. That's why it's here. And that's why death won't show up.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, do you feel that, uh, master chief is the best dad in video games for this? where he uh, jumps in his warthog, rolls up, honks the horns, and all his marine children run into the warthog. Until until he goes and gets them all killed
0: immediately. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty pretty fun being able to have bases and stuff set up that you can get different weapons and things that you might want to use. Like, I found a gun that I really like using in single player that I didn't think I would like using at all. It's the Mangler. If you've played it, uh, you know that you can uh, you can use it from a distance pretty well, and it acts like a hand cannon. And at the same time, if you get close enough to people, and you like reloading, and you get stuck with no ammo, it does more damage with melee because it's got a blade on the end of it. So it's it's pretty cool in that in that sense. And you can then unlock the ability to pick up those weapons whenever you want. Like you like if you beat certain boss boss battles, I guess you'd call them. Yeah. Um, you could unlock the ability to to get their weapons and, and pick them up whenever you want. So that, that I thought that was really cool. It's a really good addition to this. And um, it's not overwhelming. You know, like when you get a, an Assassin's Creed or a Watch Dogs or, or a Grand Theft Auto and you beat that first mission and then all of a sudden there's 8,000 things on your map. It's not like that. There's only a few things that show up as well as the main mission. And you can choose to do them or you, or you don't have to. You could go through everything without doing any of these missions. They're totally optional. You don't have to do them. But me, I like to do side quests and get and get upgrades and stuff like that. So I do them. But so far, Halo Infinite has been awesome. I just hope it continues to work. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, you nicely, in the middle of that, segue into my number three, um, which is Deathloop. Um For a while, it rode high until I played two games over the last month and a half uh, that jumped ahead of it. Um, But I absolutely loved my time with Deathloop. Um, I had so much fun. I finished almost all of the missions that you go on, like the visionary missions um, and the weapon missions. Uh, The only one I didn't finish was Alexei's just because I figured out how to kill him. I I would have had an easier time killing him if I actually followed through with it, um, but I picked the hardest one of the ways to get him alone to try and figure out, um, and then found out by watching uh, streamers and let's plays that there is an easier one. So um, yeah, the 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 weapon system, the you know the the run based you know rogue Metrovania cast rogue like whatever you know genre of game um, this is. It's great getting um, having that, uh, you know, um, a burst of happiness when you see like better colored loot pop up um, and you get a purple and you're like, oh, that's best. OK, now my thing reloads really quickly um, and going through and mass and getting upgrades for the um, the I'll call them boons, but they call them something else um, that the, the two powers that you would use the most Um And then just fully leveling them up so um, you can go through the game um, a lot easier once you do that. And it helps you by doing a lot of that stuff. It helps you learn the levels, um, which makes it easier when you're going through that final run. Um, So, yeah, I enjoyed this game. Love the I love the way the guns worked. um, in that I knew what guns to use in what situation. Um, I had my three favorites and they all worked at different ranges. to make it easier to either be stealthy or just going guns blazing. Uh, and I love the interaction between uh, uh, Colt and Juliana, that banter back and forth made going through levels worth it because you were always hoping you unlock the new dialogue thing. Um Alexei's one of the best characters. He's a piece of shit, but he's um, well-written and makes you really dislike him um, because he's really a piece of shit. Um, but yeah, I it, I've played parts of other arcane games like um, both dishonored, um, didn't really touch prey, but uh, this was the first of their games that I was in. Um, I unlocked one thing at one point. I think once I got um, the power that lets you go invisible and sneak around a little bit easier, um, I would put in six hour sessions from then on out um, because I, I knew I could get through some of the tougher areas. Um, some of the twists and turns with the stories are pretty cool. Um, I'll, I won't spoil it totally just in case if Tom at some point does go through and play it. There's some, there's a, there's a couple good twists, um, that, um, I won't mention, but, um, it was for a while. My number one game, it was far and away the game I had the most fun with. Um, and the game that I enjoyed, enjoyed playing, uh, through the story and the story wasn't a slog. Like, At the time, as much as I loved Hitman 3, that story was kind of a boring little slog. Um, But yeah, yeah, that's my number three game. Um, Didn't expect to be in this spot, but I will make the caveat that all three of these games are very close. If it was like a, you know, a a voting point system like the Cy Young or something, um, these would be really close in points. Um, So Deathloop number three for me. Nice. All right. Jen, what do you got?
2: For my number two, I went with Halo Infinite. Um, mm-hmm. th- I can only speak for the multiplayer right now, so I'm sure the campaign, as much as I've heard, the campaign will only make me enjoy it more. Um, but honestly, this game was all that I was hoping it would be. In It just reminded me of why I loved Halo so much in the first place. And I know, Tom, you already mentioned this, but it feels like I'm playing like Halos 1 through 3 again. Um, and it was something that I really missed that I didn't even realize how much I missed it until I started playing Infinite again. Um, you know, and a lot of it has to do with playing it with you guys as well, because multiplayer has always been my favorite part of Halo. Um, I love the campaigns of the past Halo games, but there's something about multiplayer and like bringing friends together and having a good time with each other that is just really, really awesome. Um, and I also will say, I really appreciate that even though the player progression, is a work in progress right now if you care about the battle pass there is slowly being improvements in impre- having improvements being implemented so i appreciate that um i really appreciate the addition of a slayer only playlist and no i will never stop talking about it um so that was obviously in my opinion a necessity that they added so that was another check for me um but overall it's just it's a ton of fun it has a great job maintaining the spirit of halo i was nervous I. I didn't know, I, I was hoping it wasn't going to tank or bomb, but um, I think it's really great. It's a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to playing through the campaign as well, because I've heard really good things. And I don't know if we'll ever wind up playing the campaign playing campaign co-op together, but I'm interested to see how that turns out as well.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a great game. That's why it's mm-hmm. on here for more than one of us. Yep. So my second game is a cheat, is a cheat. Uh, Mark Mark put it, said he wasn't going to put it on his list, but I'm putting it on here anyway because I played so few games.
1: Was it a dig at you, Tom? <laughs> I know,
0: I know. But uh, mine is Final Fantasy VII Remake Intergrade. Uh, it's really cool to see a new story in Final Fantasy VII. You you knew about Yuffie in the original game, but you didn't really get to see her backstory or see where she came from or what she was doing before you picked her up. And this is kind of a perfect way to integrate her into the story. Uh, and I really liked her play style. That's something that I didn't hear talked about too much. She has a really interesting play style where you can either be a ranged attacker or you can get in close and attack melee and do, and do magic attacks. So she's very well rounded and I can't wait to see when they put her into final fantasy remake part two. 'Cause generally, if you play the original game, you can get her almost immediately, I think, after calm, but it's really rare that you can get like it's a twelve percent chance or something that you run into her at that point. So I'm interested to see if they either tell a side story at the same time with the main cast, or if they decide to throw her in there and make it more interesting right off the bat.
1: The only thing that makes me nervous is that the combat in this game while great, I hope doesn't open the door for how they introduce other characters into the game. Um, you know, I,
0: I understand what you're saying, but I yeah. think that it they'll only do this for possibly one other character. Yeah. I don't think they'll do it for every character. I think this is just a, we have this other story we want to tell and we, we're we going to tell it.
1: Yeah. And for um, we're not trying to beat around the bush. What we're talking about is that you don't actually control the second character in Intermission. Right. Um, you can can tell him to do things, and you can um, sort of synergize with him. But um, but then again, he's not a character in Final Fantasy VII, so maybe that's a, the way they get out of it. But it just made me nervous, especially for the way they rushed with Red Thirteen in the original game. Um, that it would only be really the five characters. You know, the four. Um, you played in in seven plus yuffie and then the rest of the characters would just be these add-ons i know there's one character coming up you wish is not tom but yeah um yeah uh, and i think we both know that we're probably talking about vincent as the other character they may do this for yes um i
0: would not be surprised if they do a vincent only thing where either they either they try to bring in well they've already started bringing stuff in from um what the hell is his what the dirge dirge of service yeah So so, I think some of the, what the villains you face in intergrade are from dirge of Cerberus. Yes, they are. So I imagine we'll get some more dirge of Cerberus stuff and we'll get some more of his stuff in his own game. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised about that.
1: Yeah. I'm just worried about the, not everybody being able to be in combat. That's the only thing I'm worried about.
0: I don't think that they'll do that again, but if you look at the combat in this game, I bet you will see a lot of stuff transfer to other characters that will show up later in the
1: game. Yeah. So
0: I don't know why I don't know why I'm beating around the bush. Like everybody hasn't played Final Fantasy VII. He's gonna, Sid's gonna do a lot of the stuff you saw in this game. Yeah. Because they use the same weapon and all that other stuff. So anyway, we could go on about this for days and have a whole podcast about it, but. If you haven't played Final Fantasy VII Integrate, and you only really have one way to play it right now, if you can't get a PS5, and that's on the PC, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's great. It's a it's a great game. It's it's short. It's only like what six, seven hours, maybe.
1: Maybe a little less than that, depending on what level you play on,
0: and depending on if you do all the side stuff. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah, that's it's it's way up there. Even though it's not really a full game, it's still a really good story and it's more final fantasy seven. What can you ask for? Yeah.
1: Can, can I add that the, um, the tower defense game, I, my brain is leaving me with what it's actually called, um, for condor for condor. That's it. Um, can I add that to a new category? We have podcasts within a podcast of most frustrating mode to play with the watch streamers play.
0: <laughs> Believe me, <laughs> I understand. But at the same it, time... this
1: will up again, with another game later on, but, It, 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 what I, I, we stream, so I understand missing some things. But when people miss like the most basic explanation, (laughs) sometimes people people
0: people just don't pay attention to that stuff when they're streaming. It's it's hard, it's really hard to pay attention to what you're doing (laughs) and chat and listen to instructions while you're playing. I can understand one
1: thing. Um, it's just because, and I know. You know, we don't do this um when we stream and we miss things and stuff. But then they just shit on the mode.
0: Oh well that's that's yeah. something totally different. That when I do that, that's that's terrible. Like,
1: but you did mm-hmm. th- this is you missed the you learned the basic thing. Like this one guy just final ran here, podcast within podcast. Um mm-hmm. would didn't understand the concept of um you know uh what beats what. Oh, um the
0: rock paper scissors element of it.
1: Yeah. And yeah. he would constantly put out the wrong thing and go, why are my things always getting killed? <laughs> yeah. just,
0: you can't uh, you can't fix that stuff, Mark, unfortunately. Yeah,
1: but anyway, that's my that's my rant. Thank you for joining us for the podcast. <laughs> <from> the podcast.
0: <laughs> uh, okay, so Mark, I'm what's sorry. your number two here?
1: So my number two, as much as I said, uh, we're going to do spoilers and all here, I really don't want to mention much of spoilers here um, because I really want Jen to play this game. Um it is the Forgotten City is my number two game of the year. Um, it is a Skyrim mod that they um, got funding for to make it better. Um, uh, you know, to not make it less look Skyrim-y so that they, you know, um, think get sued um, mm-hmm. for it. But um, it's a time loop game. Um, and the way, the way the game plays out and all different elements coming together, just a good time loop game. Um, it's great. And the ending, um, it was, was, a, it was an oh fuck moment. It would have been number three if we did, you know, moments, but I would have never mentioned it cause I really want Jen to play the game. Um, and yeah, it's a lot of fun. the writing is amazing in it. Um, and it did one thing cause, um, the basic premise is you get into this thing where you go back to a, an ancient Roman city And you, they live under the golden rule, and if one person commits a sin, they all die. Um, So that's basically premise of the game. That's not spoiling or giving away anything. Maybe they'll entice you to want to play. Um, But they kept the writing so realistic in the sense that they kept. I these people must really love Roman history because they left things in there and kept the the mindset of the Romans to be what they would know, not the knowledge that we have now looking back. Like there's a part where any mention of Christians and Jesus, they're mentioned as cultists. Wow. Because that's that's what people would have thought of.
0: (laughs) Right. At the time, that's what back in
1: 67 AD or Mm B or CE or whatever we're calling it. Um, You know, so that's what they would have thought of it. And they, they were like the cultists that burnt down Rome. And I'm like, yes, that's exactly what these people would think. Um, and the other things like they do a fun thing where um, everybody speaks English in the game and you mention, hey, you're speaking English and they're like, you're speaking Latin yep. and, you know, sort of thing. And I'm like, oh, that's a pretty cool way of not all these people speak English. It's whatever this weird time loop thing is. You're actually speaking Latin. Wow. Um, so cool. it's, re- it's, yeah, it's really well done. All the characters are great um there are some that are a little underwritten because i guess it's a three-person team um and so maybe they didn't you know uh write them as deeply because they had like i think it's 12 or 15 characters total that you meet um because there's only like 20 something people in the village um that you actually have long conversations with and it's the uh it's like this it's like the skyrim thing you select you know answers the questions and stuff and you can piss people off by telling them the wrong thing (laughs) <laughs> um and then you have to go through the loop again to be able to talk to them. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's pretty fun. Uh, I played it on a whim only because someone told me it was four to six hours. Um, because I had heard a lot of really good things about it, and I'm like, I don't need to add another long game. Um, you know, at the end of the year, but hearing four to six hours, I was like, all right, I'm in. That's like a weekend or two, you know, to get through it. So I highly, highly recommend this game, and I hope at some point when. Um, the other members on the podcast play through it, or at least one of them, I would love to talk to somebody about this game. So Cool.
0: Awesome. All right, Jen.
2: Is it that time?
0: It's that time. What is oh, your boy. game of the year?
2: All right. So my game of the year is Inscription. Yay. Jen, can we just
1: geek out right now? Yeah. Like, I'm about like to geek bad. out.
2: <laughs> I, it's so
1: <laughs> it's, it's, my, it's my number one game of the year, too.
2: Nice. So... I wanted to keep this spoiler light, um, but it, maybe it's spoiler medium, if that's a thing, because it's not yeah. spoiler heavy, but it's spoiler me- medium. It's I spoiled
1: a really big thing in the game. so okay. <laughs> Yeah,
2: well, I'm going to go into the, uh, something similar too. Okay, so as soon as I booted up this game and started playing through the first chapter, I knew that it was most likely going to be my game of the year. And I actually mentioned it to Dan and he was like, seriously, you just started playing it. How could you possibly know that? Because that's how quickly this game hooked me. I've personally always loved card games, so I was interested immediately in the concept of it. But what I especially appreciate about this game is how it merges some really unique details to the card game itself. Um, for example, in the first chapter, you're playing against Leshy, who, side note, is an actual is an actual creature of the forest from Slavic mythology, which is called a Leshy. So when I learned that by watching The Witcher, and I, I, I looked it up online to make sure it was legit before I messaged Mark. But I was like, Mark, Leshy's an actual Leshy.
1: <laughs> I thought that was really
2: cool. Mm-hmm. But you're you're playing against him and he morphs into these different bosses that you meet along your path. And for every extra point you score against him beyond the minimum that you need to win, he rewards you in gold teeth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then you can cash them in for added benefits. Yeah. Um, you can also use extra add ons to give yourself an edge in the game or dig yourself out if you're losing. Like you can cut an opponent's card with scissors. There's like a squirrel jar, which gives you an extra card and you really need it sometimes. And you can even choose to cover your ears, Tom, gouge okay. your eye out and put it on the, the point scale to weigh it back in your favor.
1: <laughs> which, by and the then way, I know yes. we're doing spoiler medium. So, uh-huh. but, um, spoiler medium. It. The knife is very important to advance the game.
2: Yeah, it is.
1: So yes, don't be it afraid is. to use the knife.
2: Yes. Um. Without saying exactly what it's for, yes, absolutely. And it's also cool because after you gouge your eye out for the rest of that game until something else happens, your vision's all blurry and you can really only see out of one eye. So you only have like you don't really have the depth perception that you would have with two eyes. And your ears are ringing because you're in pain. Just the level of detail they put into that is great. Um. And then, of course, the card game itself is addicting as hell, especially in the first chapter. It's by far my favorite chapter. I think a lot of people would agree with that. Um, It's moving on. I mean, the horror aspect to it lessens. It's definitely not too scary for people who don't like horror. That's why I keep saying, Tom, if you ever get a chance to try it, I would definitely recommend it because it's not it's not that typical game that you'd find in a horror genre like Devour, Phasmo. Dead by Daylight. Like, it's not gory it's not super scary it's just like eerie in a unique way where you're like this is really interesting should i be creeped out right now but like nothing ever happens you know like nothing jumps out at you you just have this like eerie feeling um there are also great mini games and puzzles throughout the chapters which can give you bonuses or an edge but are not necessary to win most of them so you don't have to like worry if you got them all or like follow an online guide unless you want to um, but they're also not that super difficult to pick up on. No. Um, and then after the first chapter, spoiler medium, they introduce found footage, which is when I realized like, oh shit, this game is more in depth. Like this is, there's an actual story going on here. I did not expect it to have a story. Um, and going in, I had only watched gameplay for maybe a half hour tops. And it was just of the card game in the first chapter. So I didn't know what to expect. So I was very very genuinely pleased to see levels of complexity built into the game. Um, and this is probably going to be spoiler heavy, but as Mark mentioned before, there are emotional moments in this game too, which really caught me off guard. The part that got me the most was, I know Mark, you mentioned a good one. The end of the game, it starts deleting itself and the characters are aware of their deaths. Like they they know that they're going to die because the game is deleting itself. And the part that got me the most was, In the last card game, you're playing against the wizard who they kind of made it seem like he could be like, I guess, one of the main, the main, the good guy. No, but he was kind of, he kind of seems like he might've been the most powerful among all of them at one point. Yeah. But he's, you know, the whole time, you know, you're watching the game delete itself from around you, like your cards are disappearing and it's glitching and it's, it's very cool. And he keeps saying like, I don't want to die. Like, why did you do this? You don't understand what you've done. This was, you know, this is, you know, this means something to me. And in the very end, he's literally being deleted and he's struggling to crawl up to you. And he's saying, I need to shake your hand. I need to like show you that respect. And right before he reaches you, he disappears. <laughs> and I sat there and I was like, oh, my God, like, I feel so bad. I feel like I just like I killed somebody a yeah. little bit. Yeah, like, they- damn.
1: We can talk about this if we ever do our inscription spoiler cast, but yes. um, in depth is that there's a side thing that involves him and someone else that if you figure it out, you have no feelings for that character at that point.
2: Well, that's good to know. Yeah. Cause it made me yeah. real sad.
1: Yeah. Cause, <laughs> cause you, then you obviously did not find the side thing. Um, yeah. But yeah. Um, as Jen said, um, I'll just go into mine. We'll let Tom do his, his number one um, after this, but yeah, I I the closest I ever played card games um were like the ones in Final Fantasy. Um, I had mentioned to Jen this is the most I've gotten into one since Gwent in Witcher Three of really trying to learn how to master it.
2: It was the same for me too. Literally, Gwent was the last one that I really got into.
1: Yeah, it, learning curve in the beginning um was a little steep, and once I got the hang of it um with putting all the concepts together. Which is maybe why it uh, swinging back to the podcast when the podcast watching other people who don't understand the squirrel concept um, play through it for two hours is like me wanting to throw my computer out the window. <laughs> um, I'm like, it's I'll just I'll just say it real quick to Jen. Jen, this guy puts the squirrel on the table, not in front of the card in, that's coming onto the playing surface, just a blank space. And then he gets hit for points every time. And he goes, ah, why would I get hit? And I'm like, oh, uh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you're like, you're ruining <laughs> this game for me. Stop. <laughs> yeah, it's
1: like, um, yeah, so because that's the bad one. But um, I'll say two things. The, the writing without actual dialogue um, is pretty good. Um, the way they sort of slow feed the twist um yeah. are great i knew about the first twist um from listening to uh uh the next Slander podcast uh do their spoiler thing and i don't think i grasp what the third the second twist is um you know spoiler medium there's three acts to this game um mm-hmm. there's a twist in each um i didn't know the third twist i was like oh re- okay i get it i i can see why yeah okay and then Um, I wish uh, speaking of the card game that they mix the two from act the game from act three with the game from act one, because there's a concept that's in the act three game that I think would really help um, the act one game. Um, And it's the ability to destroy cards without having to sacrifice them. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. So really fun. It's so fun that there's like three to four hours of video of me on the Playing through the endless run mode of act one. And I've didn't do it on that stream, but I have beaten it twice with the challenges on, gotten all the way through. And it's just the first act, Jen. Um, real fun. It's free. It's called Casey's Mod. Um, for those of you to play the game, you'll get a good laugh out of that. And the fun part is the um the real guy, um, I believe has a YouTube channel playing that character. Jen. Um, okay. because this game goes real deep. Um, mm-hmm. in that there's an actual ARG yeah. um, connected another, to it that has yeah. like a 30 something page Google doc. Um, so <laughs> with people break uh, solving the puzzles and um, this other history, mainly talking about the old data um, that's mentioned a lot in the game. There's so much to this. This game came out of nowhere. It had what I call the oxen free moment um, where it was a game I just picked up in December or probably late November in this case. And it became my game of the year halfway through. Yeah. Like, the music's great. The Just the ambient noise in each of the boss battles, how each of them are different, the look, the fake you out one at the end of the game made me laugh out loud in a very tense, somber moment. Uh, me and Jane can talk about that off air. But yeah, they all the stuff introduced, I want to play everything that was in this game as a separate game. And that is how good it is. Um, I, I highly recommend everyone playing it if you like card games, um, for sure. And if you don't like card games, at least give it a try. And pay attention to the tutorial in the beginning. It does the basic concepts that'll be easy for you to build on as you go in. If you don't, if you don't pay attention to the tutorial, you're gonna struggle and lose mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. Um. And yeah, it's just great. It's it's probably one of the best games I played in a few years. Um, in that, it makes me want—I want to keep playing it. I want to play through that, um, you know, uh, the mode. I mean, it's probably well. It's been a long twenty twenty-one because I was just going to compare it to Hades, which was my twenty twenty game, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> where I just kept playing it after beating the the actual story of the game. Uh, in Hades, I'm not to the actual real ending. Um, I got the true ending in this game, um, you know, because I saw a couple of the side stuff that, that you missed, um, Jen, to get the full picture. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's I, I know me and Jen could probably do a whole nother podcast another time about this and still go for our normal hour and a half. Um, there's yeah. so much to pick apart in this game. And, Tom, you will absolutely love the second act. Yes. We're not saying that facetiously.
2: No, really. The first thing I thought (laughs) of when it transitioned to the second act was like Tom needs to play this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: So um either play through it or you you'll get it and play it, or I will stream it and play through (laughs) the story to uh let you see that point because I should be able to get to it pretty quickly. Um now that I know what I'm doing. But yeah, and it does I'll say the final word about it, favorite thing it does because i've never seen any other games do it and it sticks to its guns in what um the game is about is once the credits roll and you get through everything the game closes yep and you go to desktop let's say it closes to desktop
2: it's super immersive like that yes there's other elements during the game where you're like a small shred of you is like what if this is really happening because it yeah it's super immersive it's that would be spoiler heavy again. It's Yeah, and to avoid going back into that. But
1: all this praising and stuff we're doing for this game are, is probably old hat to people that play Pony Island as you know this guy's first game because so he does a lot of the same you know immersive weird shit in that game too. Jen, you might want to look for that if that's on sale. Sure. Um But yeah, it's it's real good. I'm going to remember his name after the podcast. But yeah, just look up you know the creator of this game. And I'm gonna probably play his next game, you know, just because of this. I saw Pony Island played, then never played it, then played through this. I'm like, all right, this is this is someone I'm gonna follow and play, you know, their games. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, sorry to take up a good bit of that time there, Tom. Um, but problem. me and Jen, re- me and Jen have been holding and talking about this <laughs> we for have, weeks.
0: <laughs> so, Not a sorry problem.
1: to blurt it all out.
0: That's what this podcast is for, Mark. For all the blurting. Hmm. All right. So my game of the year should come as no surprise to anyone. It's Forza Horizon Five.
2: Yeah.
0: I, it's it's just it's just one of those games where there's always something to do, and I can get lost for hours playing it. Generally these days, I will play a game for an hour and then turn it off. Like I can't do like I can't do the oh, I'm gonna sit here and play for six hours thing anymore. I just can't. I don't know. I think, I think I, I'm, I've gained ADD in my old age because I'll play for like an hour, but like, all right, I need to go do something else. I need to get something else done. But for, with for whatever reason in Forza Horizon 5 and pretty much every Forza Horizon before this, but especially this one, I can just sit there and just drive around and find something to do because there's always something else to do. It doesn't have to be a race. It doesn't have to be like the story missions. It can be anything. And there's, you know, there's there's always, like, weekly events and daily events and seasonal events. They have different seasons in the game. They can do different stuff during the seasons. And it's it's super easy to pick up and play. There's no learning curve. You can set it to as easy or as hard as you want. There, and you, the only thing that can happen if you set it harder for yourself, you get more credits. But if you don't want to and you don't care... You set it to easy as easy as you want. It's the it's it makes it so nice to play, Uh, and the visuals are beautiful. And it's on Game Pass, and it's and it's available uh, if you want to buy it. and you And you buy it digitally, you can play it anywhere, which is amazing. Play it on PC. You can play it on your phone. You can you play it on anything, and it's just. I I feel like Xbox is going to take over the world with this stuff and it makes me so happy that it's available. Especially if, if you have Game Pass, right now it's the best time to have it. Just just I two of the games in my top 3 are Game Pass day one and you don't have to worry about it. You can purchase it later if you want used from GameStop and have a disc if you really want to, but if you're paying for Game Pass, I mean you you could you could get it for a dollar right now, if you don't have it, and play both of these games for a month and never get Game Pass again. It's mm. it's a, it's really amazing. And I can't talk enough about Forza. Again, you can customize everything. You can customize the paint. You can customize vinyls and wraps for the cars. Jen, you would get absolutely lost in this game. I keep saying oh, that you yeah. need to play it.
2: I know. <laughs> I really do need to... I think I don't think I downloaded it from Game Pass yet. I really just need to do it,
0: yeah, I mean, like you think you'd get lost in minecraft like if you you if you want to like design you can do all kinds of wraps and imports and stuff like like you can import files and stuff and turn them into vinyl wraps for cars and I feel like you would just go to town on the car mm-hmm. customization probably again yeah. like people that's just all they do in the game, and that's cool, and there's online multiplayer there's I've, I personally have never touched that, but you can, I feel like most of the people who play Forza Horizon play the online multiplayer, but I don't, there's way too much other stuff to do that. That's the last thing I'm thinking about. (laughs) And lastly, they have different radio stations, which is pretty cool. It's kind of a thing from like GTA
1: Mm
0: -hmm. uh, back in the day where you can flip through radio stations and it actually has a DJ who talks about the stuff that's happening on the Island or wherever you are and it it says like oh this thing's happening you should go check that out or this thing's happening and oh our ours they call you superstar our superstar has done just done this this and this it's really cool and really immersive and i i don't know the the only thing that can make it better for me is when i finally buy a uh a wheel and pedal set and then i can play first person that would be great that's that's the next thing eventually (laughs) That would be my next big purchase for my computer if, you know, if graphics cards never come back in stock, stock so. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's another podcast. But yeah, so Forza Horizon 5 is my game of the year, but it sounds like the game of the year for our podcast is Inscription. So I think they both get the seal of approval, but overall, our game of the year is Inscription and uh hopefully i'll get to play it a little more a little in 2022 as we uh as i beat all these other games and get (laughs) get a little bit of the backlog cleared out
2: Mm -hmm. hell yeah
0: but yeah uh, that's gonna do it for this we're not gonna do retro roulette this week we had way too much stuff going on we are gonna spin the wheel though so we're gonna have two retro roulettes next week double the pleasure double the fun (laughs) so let's spin the wheel Okay, we got, a, we got a, a really interesting one this week. We're going to be playing Metroid Prime for the GameCube. Ooh. Nice. Metroid Dread is all in the news, so we're going to play Metroid Prime. <laughs> I did not plan that. It just works out that way. Awesome. So, yeah. So be on the lookout for that. Um, I think Extra Life's going to be over by the time this yep. airs. But, Mark, if you want to get yeah. into what we accomplished and end out the year.
1: Yeah. So uh, thank you, everyone. Um... For donating, we uh, got to our $2,000 goal, um, which means uh, Jenny's got some work ahead of her. Um, <laughs> I forgot about
2: that, actually. <laughs>
1: <laughs> to uh, write a DD one shot. Um, I think I said that we would expect in the first half of the year. Uh, my thought thinking about it more was that it may be good to have that occur during Extra Life next year. That'll give you 11 months. <laughs>
2: that's that's a nice amount of time to have, so I appreciate that.
1: <laughs> and that'll I mean, fill
2: our D&D void. Yeah. Actually, I mean, you if know. you
1: want to do it earlier, by all means, feel free. <laughs> but like I said, we normally start off our extra life with D&D, mm-hmm. so we'll either have gens if we didn't do it already or, or another one shot at that point. That um, but yeah, but I, I've given her the opportunity to take 11 months, if need be, um, <laughs> to write it.
0: Yeah. Um, Oh, before I just want to jump in real quick, uh, Jen wasn't on the stream last night. So I want to mention that our two top uh, donators got to pick games for us to play in the upcoming year. Nice. So uh, Hoffman has chosen OG Zelda. So Mark will be embarking on a, another Zelda journey on stream at some point. Awesome. And Imperfect has chosen either Symphony of the Night or Chrono Cross. So cool. Once I play, once I finish Chrono Trigger, I may play one of those. Or if you want to play one of those, that's also fine. But one of those games will be played once we get once we get into the new year.
1: Thanks guys for that. Yeah, yeah, it was a good time. Um, Yeah, so uh, yeah, so uh, Stranger Amy's last episode will be out by the time this um, uh, airs. Uh, Thank you everyone that listened. Uh, It was a fun time doing it. We're still going to do D and D, but just not record it. I feel like our first session, not recording it, um, was a little bit weight off uh, most of our shoulders. I would think, mm-hmm. um, not in a bad way, but just um, you know, we didn't have to worry about act breaks and recording equipment failing and just all that back end production stuff for the first time in four years and actually play D anD D. Um, yeah. So, um, uh, like I said, probably if we do anything, it'll be one shots in the future that we'll put on podcast or or air live on Twitch. Um, but yeah, so thank you again um, for all the support. Um, and then also we have They Call This Movie airs every Thursday. Um, by the time this airs, um, we'll at least be starting to rebrand everything um, from the main Damie, uh to They Call This A Movie. Um, main uh used to be our website where all of our content was located. Um, but that will be sunsetting in the uh, first uh, quarter of 2022. And we'll be uh, rebranding basically... Uh, they call this movie into its own, you know, website or, you know, whatever uh, content farm or, or whatever thing where um, you can go find it. Um, so, again, thank you for all the support for that website. Um, the, we haven't been doing as much writing and we see more downloads and views from everywhere else that you guys listen to these podcasts. So, you know, it was a good time to condense everything. Uh, yeah. So um we had a good time with our podcast this week uh dan uh inflicted a horror from his childhood um i I shouldn't say horror he actually probably enjoyed it when he went oh yes he loves
2: it (laughs) um
1: but yeah so uh enjoy that podcast um which will come after which will be the one coming up this thursday um last week's was our recap 2021 um where i didn't watch as many movies as i play video games surprise wow um But uh, they may be evening out next year um, as I'm going to try to get to the movie theater more as hopefully, you know, things get better with with everything going on in the world. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Keep an eye out on our Twitters and Instagrams and stuff for updates, for any changes. Um, We'll probably have a big announcement um, pop up on all the channels um, once everything is settled and goes live. Awesome. Yep. Jen, why don't
0: you tell us about our streaming schedule and your streaming schedule?
2: Sure. So on Game Vault Pod, you can find us on Twitch. Uh, we currently stream three days a week. Mondays are Tom's days. So either it's our retro game that we talk about on our podcast where he plays through and gives his initial thoughts with Mark, um, or it is usually a Japanese RPG. Uh, currently, again, that is on hold because he is playing through RE2 Remake. I believe you are wrapping it up soon, right? Tom Hopefully.
0: or I'm yeah. thinking three it's, to four three to four more streams
2: yeah it's feeling like he's getting closer to the end um, but that's been a lot of fun so if you have not watched one of those streams yet I highly recommend you stop in and uh, give moral support at the very least uh, then Wednesdays is our co-op night we usually jump on uh, infinite right now but it's been other co-op games in the past usually they're of the first person shooter genre so that's a lot of fun um, and then Thursdays was co-op night with Mark and myself. I believe in the new year, we may be announcing a new co-op game potentially, but we'll give you guys the details when we know exactly what we're going to be playing next. So right now it's kind of just a grab bag day for us. Um, And as I mentioned before, even though we do currently only stream three days a week, depending on our schedules going into the winter and potentially quarantining ourselves again, (laughs) depending on how this whole thing goes down, we may be able to add some more streams to our current schedule so we will let you guys know if that is the case um and then for myself i am on twitch as well streaming under roxy foxy that's r-o-x-i-i-f-o-x-i-i um i am a horror variety streamer so if you like phasmo dead by daylight devour ghost hunters corp all those kinds of games and a couple other random things thrown in there i would appreciate you stopping by and saying hi um and i stream tuesdays saturdays and sundays 9 30 p.m eastern time for all those three days So I'm pretty much streaming almost every day of the week, kind of. (laughs) Somewhere you can find me between those two, yeah, streams.
0: Awesome. So uh, it's been an awesome year. I got to thank everybody for the support that they've given us, whether they listen to this show or watch us on Twitch Mm -hmm. and donate and sub and everything else, and watch us on YouTube too. I mean, we got that channel starting to grow a bit, not as much as I'd like, but it's growing, Mm -hmm. Um, and hopefully we will get more scripted content next year. That's a, that's a big goal for me. Yeah. And, um,
2: that's a good goal to have for us in general.
0: I, I, th- I think now that I, I've, you know, made an investment in, uh, in making it look better. I have a feeling that we'll get some more of that content out to you guys as soon as possible. And, uh, it's, it's been a hell of a ride and I hope everybody is having a, uh, a good end of year. And before we get out of here, I want to mention that we're an affiliate of Stone Age Gamer. If you have a need for any retro console accessories, whether they be controllers or cables or power supplies, head on over there via the link in the description of this podcast. And every time you use that to purchase something, we will get a kickback. And it helps us make this podcast and our streams better for you guys. So again, thank you to everyone for the support this year. It has been motivating. And uh, I hope you are doing well, staying safe. And for Mark and Jenny, I'm Tom, and we'll catch you next year.